0: Thinking three again. Missed one a few moments ago. There it is. And down it
1: goes for his first NBA hoop. Like, I don't call it today. You know, I just made it rain. Hold me back, fam. A below average three-point shooter. There's I got 50 biscuits. Hello, welcome back to the Pick Swap podcast. This is episode eight. I am your host, James Borean. I'm here with Sean. What's up, Sean. Not much. Hanging in there is the best I can do right now. Dude, we're hanging by a thread. This is the official Flyers podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, but, man, the Flyers are good, and that's that's fun. Yeah, they really good. They look really good right now. Which is um, – it must be nice. Yeah. It really must be nice. Um, we're getting on here following a – one. what was it? 124-121 Sixers loss to the Portland Trailblazers. Damian Lillard dropped – 51, a bubble high for him. Yep. Um, obviously, no Simmons from the start today. He is outside the bubble and he's getting surgery soon. I don't know if there's an exact date yet, um, but he's getting surgery shortly. And Embiid left in the first quarter with an ankle injury. Nothing but pain from a viewer's standpoint. How are you feeling after today's loss, Sean? My outlook for the Sixers team has gone
0: so far down just in the past, like return of basketball with such like high hopes going into this. And then the Simmons injury was obviously huge, but even before that, like Simmons was not playing at the level that he needed to be for this team to be good. And now with Embiid, if he, this injury lingers to any extent, like without Embiid or Simmons, this team can't do anything at all. So it's kind of like a, like, I love the effort that we saw tonight and it was a great game. Josh Richardson played out of his mind today, but like, As far as this team going forward for this year, there's not much
1: hope without those two being here. Yeah, absolutely not. And, I mean, there's really not that much hope without Ben. And, I mean, to to Embiid's credit, man, he's been incredible um, through their first four games for them. Like, absolutely incredible. Um, Obviously, didn't get a chance to show his talents tonight. But without Simmons, man, it's going to be so tough. Even if he wasn't playing well, I – was fully expecting him to turn on like flip a switch coming into the playoffs and I mean as much as it is terrible and it sucks for him to be down um I don't want them to rush him back as much as I want to see him I want to see a deep playoff run this year do not rush him back man he's 23 we have time and like as I mean I hate it because you know a month ago I was saying you know this team has a legit chance and and with Ben and with Embiid and, and healthy, they do have a legit chance, and they did have a legit chance. But without Ben, I don't see it happening. I, I genuinely don't know if they get out of the first round. I'm just wondering if this saves Brett Brown's job. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up, too. I'm, I'm going to be a lot nicer to
0: Ben Simmons because of the injury. I had a lot of these notes, like, bro, just after yeah. that first – like, my first bullet point I have in front of me just says, Ben Simmons sucks. Because <laughs> I was pretty fired up about just, like, uh, the – I was this time I think he got me more than ever with all the just the shooting and practice, the the hype clips, the turnaround threes that look so good just with nobody defending him. Just like I don't realistically see him ever shooting the ball at like a clip that like he needs to for and I'm not saying he needs to be a three point shooter first, but like every once in a while he gets that spurt of confidence that we see everybody can feel it in the arena. He pulls the trigger that night, he shoots one and his shot looks good. But he just refuses to kind of change his game and fit into it in a way that, like, we need him to adapt as, like, the years to grow. Uh, As far as Brown, my concern now, and honestly what I think is going to happen, is they're going to chalk this up to Simmons and Embiid got hurt. That blew our chances. That's not on Brown, which is fair. But we're just going to have the same exact conversation again next year.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I I was – I wasn't, like, totally – I mean – We've had this conversation before, even on the pod. Like, I wasn't fire Brett Brown. I was very briefly after this Game 7 loss to the Raptors last year. And then I had gotten myself together. Um, But now, dude, after these first couple games, I was, like, fully fire Brett Brown. I I don't know what he's doing. Like, I don't know that he knows what he's doing. And, like, watching this team, the fact that Neto played more minutes than – Burks, Burks in the first two games it like is inexcusable just as a coach that's inexcusable watching Burks play the last two games absolutely inexcus- inexcusable as much as we were you know tossing around the the idea of Ben playing the four and I think he could be a four they put him in a box mm-hmm. and that's why he was playing so terribly he wasn't just playing you know positionless and then every once in a while being in the dunker spot they took the ball out of his hands far too often and like, I understand him not being able to shoot. And I also understand the fact that they need to have a ball handler creator with shake in the lineup. But I also see the fact that Ben Simmons is at his m- most effective when he has the ball in his hands. And when he only gets that ex- that um, opportunity sparingly throughout the game, you're, you're cutting him off from being the player that he is. And I'm okay with adding shake and adding a shooter and adding a ball handler, but I think that they should be secondary. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I I agree with getting the ball in Simmons' hand. And I also, like, it is tough on Brown when we think about, like, the first game with the shake with foul trouble. Like, it messed up everything that they have worked on this whole time, like, in the bubble and going toward. But also, I think the biggest biggest issue to me when you think of this, like, moving uh, Ben from the point guard, moving to power forward, is we still don't have a real point guard on this roster. Like Shake Milton is not a pure point guard by any means either, and shout out to Shake for bouncing back in the way he has. And like yeah, big time. Takes a whole lot of balls and guts to just be able to put that behind. Oh his. yeah, respect yeah. to him, and he's played well since then at least. But uh, as far as Simmons goes, like the playing him down low is like just b- besides positionally, like he still has a little bit like a the aggression kind of turned off from what I saw in like yeah. the scrimmages even. Like, he seemed to have way more of, like, a wanting to take over the game and driving to the basket being aggressive that I haven't seen at all in, like, the regular games.
1: Yeah, I I can – I totally agree with that, too. It just felt like he – and I mentioned it after the first couple scrimmages. I said it looked like he was playing half speed, and and I was expecting the the flip to switch going into those first couple games, and it just never seemed like it did. And that makes me really worried about his injuries. Was he fully healthy, man? Like, if he wasn't – And that's all he could give. And that's what he felt like. I've had, like, personally, I had back injuries in playing basketball. It's really hard to give effort. It's not even, like, it's like a dull pain, man. It's, like, it's something that just, like, hinders you from being full speed and, like, actually playing hard. And, I mean, I don't want to be – I don't want to speculate. I I don't like to do that. But I also don't want to, you know, kick Ben while he's down right now. But he only had – you know how long—three weeks max—to learn a new position and learn a new position in the offense. And same thing with Brown. And that is a little bit of a pass for him to say, "Oh, he only had three weeks to kind of curate this new offense and this new scheme for Ben." But you know, a good coach would have figured this out earlier. They—he's had Ben and Shake on the roster since you know July. Right. So I don't—I don't know. I, I I look at the options out there, and I'm worried about them not having another good option but kenny atkinson is available and apparently nate mcmillan might get canned after this year for whatever reason but i've seen reports of that too and you know i can't imagine that those wouldn't be upgrades from brett brown
0: yeah i i'm very much uh considering leading the forefront of the brown brett, fire brett brown charge just because like when we think about how disappointing the season was before all the bubble just like the regular season and then the Sixers mm-hmm. had their reset button they had their chance to everybody get healthy Let's reset things. We come back and the team looked the exact same, and like the way they came out flat and just kind of like like even though what's their record in the bubble now? Are They three and two. True. um yeah, three and two. Three and two. It feels like they're about like zero and eighteen. See, like, yeah, it
1: seems like they haven't won a game yet. Yeah,
0: even like like the team doesn't have any like step on their throat, any dominance, any way to finish in the way that other than like,
1: Embiid, other than yeah. Embiid.
0: And yeah, and shout out Embiid and Tobias have both played. Out Tobias of has been very
1: impressive yeah. in the bubble. I also yeah. don't want to let it slide that Elton Brand and management like maybe did the worst job that I could have thought of building this roster. Like the roster construction is so far and away from what Ben and Joel need as star players that it's actually obscene. Like looking at this roster, the only player that fits with them is Burks. And maybe Gr three, mm-hmm. and you could, I, I, I like the Tobias fit still, but it's.
0: I, I don't mind to Tobias. Figure it out. like Tobias. I don't like Tobias. It
1: yeah, but like you spent 109 million on Horford. You you made the trade for Josh Richardson, who just doesn't fit here. I like Josh. I think he's a good player, and he had a great game tonight. You but, also,
0: you get a whole different Josh every single game. You never know he's exactly what you yeah. he
1: was 14 of 40 coming into this game, and then he was like 16 for 20 tonight. So like. You don't you don't get the same Josh every time and like he's still young. He's on a cheap contract. I like him. I do like him. But he just doesn't fit. Like I saw a tweet today that said, if I'm Elton Brand, in this short offseason, I'm sitting Joel and Ben down in a lock in a conference room and I'm saying, Who do you guys want? Yeah, And I'm doing everything I possibly can to get those guys. Like, you're doing wrong by Joel and Ben by not allowing them to play with players that complement them at all. Yeah. It's, it's 100%. really disappointing.
0: A hundred percent. And to touch on the Josh Richardson, like, the role that they're trying to, like, kind of box him in it as, like, the defensive, like, glove, like, that's just not him. Like, he's not good enough as a defender. And he has so many, like, assets to his game that he can bring out that he can't use in this. Like, he kind of just looks like the fake tough guy kind of running around doing, like, his thing almost like what they try to do with TJ McConnell and TJ is a very different
1: player from Josh Richardson. Yeah, no, it's, it's weird. Like they don't have defined roles. I mean, like, like I think there's a lot going on. There's a lot, there's far too many things. And as a franchise, you look at stability in, in franchises, the teams that are good, the franchises that are consistently good and there's roles and there's defined leadership. I Mm -hmm. like Brett Brown. I do. And I don't not believe in Brett. But he's also been given a revolving door with star players, starters, and everyone in between. Every single season that he's walked in the door when he played with this or when he's coached with the Sixers. Ben and Joel have had a different starting five like every six months that they've played for the Sixers. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You can't – like obviously with the Colangelos, you mess that up big time. You bring in Elton Brand, who, again, I don't dislike. I think I still believe in them putting it together, but they need to get it done as soon as possible. Like, yeah. this cannot happen again. I understand that, and the expectations are, like, astronomically high for Ben and Joel, and I'll get into that soon because I want to bring that up as well. But there's still time for both of them. They're, twenty, what, 26 and 23? Right. Like, it's, it, we can relax a little bit on them, but you're also making it impossible for people to want to come here. And you're also making it impossible for them to play at their peak. And you only have so many more years of Embiid left as much as I love the guy. He's a ticking time bomb in, term of, in, of, in terms of his body. He's seven foot two big guy. You know, they don't last forever and they don't grow on trees. So you need to capitalize on him being here now. You can't keep giving him Al Horford's rather than Buddy Healds. You can't keep right. giving Ben um whoever it is, Josh Richardson's rather than Malcolm Brogdon's. These are the like these are the issues that you run into as a front office. You can have all this money, you can have, you know, this freelancing in this room, but when you you mess it up time and time again, you know, you're gonna have people question you.
0: Right. I again I like Brett Brown a ton as a person and the way he like has conducted himself throughout this whole thing. But I think we're now at a stage that we've kind of outgrew him in this, in that, like, again, I think he's done a great job developing. I, I don't even know if I want to say that, a great job developing. No,
1: but I wouldn't, yeah.
0: A great job. I guess saying positive is the nicest thing I have to say. <laughs> but, uh, like, I don't think he's the guy that has the, like, way to get us over the edge in the way with that home. And we think about, like, stability. The stability in the organization needs to be with Simmons and Embiid. And it looks like we finally have kind of the GM – josh harris stepping up elton brand stepping up like the the position set up there versus we've seen the revolving door that in years past that we now need to be so locked in on finding the right pieces to surround all that and that like i i agree i think it's 100 percent you meet with and meet with simmons because i refuse to be anywhere near the team that says we need
1: to break them up because i don't think that's the answer at all No, hell no and i mean you saw the bullshit that Cleveland said they have an enticing package. Unless yeah. they unless they're able to move Lake Erie into Maniunk and create a beach outside of Philadelphia, it's not <laughs> happening. There's yeah. no I, like, and I I know, and all my friends, you know, I'm biased. I'm a biased Sixers fan. I understand that, but there is maybe a list of four players that would have to be included in a package for Ben Simmons. And if it's not Luca, Kawhi, or Giannis in that package deal, I don't want it. And, like, maybe that's just me being way too optimistic for Ben's future, but I don't think that giving up a 23-, 24-year-old all-star is worth anything that Cleveland or anyone else has to offer unless it's another superstar.
0: Yeah, it's tough. You're not going to find guys better than Embiid and Simmons on the open market. Like, when you think about top players in the NBA, these are legit superstars that you have in your pocket, and you don't want to just give them up for any reason. So when I think about any of these, like, trade packages that are being considered – like, we're not going to be any closer to winning a championship if we do one of these. Like, even, the again, I think the whole Cavs roster isn't enticing enough for me to want to no. make a move in that regard. But even, like, I don't know, maybe you can swing something. Like, say, Portland decides that they they don't think they're getting over the edge. Maybe McCollum or Dame Lillard, if you can find that. But even that, I don't think they're doing that. And it's kind of like one of those – I think the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Like, this is who we have, and these
1: are fantastic players. But now we need to find a way to make it work. And I don't think you need another superstar. Like, everyone's always thinking about, oh, we need to get this big-name player, another big-name player. You have Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and then you have Tobias Harris, who Mm. has been really good. Unique unique guys that complement them. Like, that's all it is. You look at Milwaukee. Mm. Milwaukee has Giannis, and then they have a really big step down, and they have Chris Middleton. And then they just have a bunch of guys –
0: Brooke Lopez. Yeah, Yeah,
1: Brooke Lopez. Like you just have a bunch of guys that fit your system and play basketball the way that Giannis needs them to play basketball. And they're great because of that. They let their best player be the best player that he can be. It's, it's honest to God, it's that simple. And that's why it's so frustrating as a Sixers fan to watch the Sixers constantly step on Ben and Joel's toes by giving them another power forward or another center to start in the lineup or giving them a guy that can't shoot threes to play shooting guard for them. Like you could have gone out two years ago and gotten Zach Levine for four years, $80 million. You could have. You didn't want to pay that money. But you'll pay Al Horford $109 million. It's backwards as hell to me. And it's so frustrating. And, like, I know I'm getting emotional and I'm getting, like, probably off topic. But it's – and I don't want to give up on this season yet. I know, right. I know it's probably over. But, you know, the Eagles won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. So anything can happen. If Embiid's healthy and he's able to play in these series, I don't put them out of anything. Genuinely. The level, the level Embiid has played at, in like since he's been in
0: the bubble it's tough to take anybody or it's tough for anybody to take us in a seven game series and if we can like rework the offense a little bit because i think pretty much never no matter how you cut it simmons is out for the rest of this season which is the right move there's no no reason to rush him back if he's
1: yeah i dude unless they make it to the eastern conference finals and he can come back and be healthy mm-hmm. and somehow make a run i mean that looks like it's the only the only way it's going to happen right so i didn't mean to cut you off No, you're good. So, say it's looking most likely like the Celtics we have, right? Uh, Yeah, the three seed, yeah.
0: So, I still don't see anybody guarding, like, on on the Celtics roster guarding Embiid. You dump him in there. He's having his way every single game. We still can, like, find a way to squeeze past that, just see what happens. Like, we still have good enough players around if they can put it together, but there's going to have to be some real rework of the offense and making it swing, which, again, that falls on Brett Brown. We'll see what happens with that.
1: Yeah, I could also see, like, I think – um, Horford should still come off the bench. I genuinely, I think, if Embiid's healthy, I think you just implement Burks into the starting lineup. Yeah, Burks is. I don't fantastic. see why not. It's also and
0: incredibly frustrating that all we've needed and the biggest bench piece we need is a guy that can shoot off the bench and play backup point guard game, point guard minutes, and that guy has been on our roster and just not playing for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, and I mean another like Matisse has actually looked really good. I, mm-hmm. He still was, you know, limited offensively and understandably so. He hasn't had a lot of time, but like tonight, he made, he had a huge steal late in that game, Been and blocked, Horford yeah. and Richardson, you know, messed it up. But right. he had a great steal. Like that was a huge play late in the game in crunch time. He had a big block on Mario believe, Hazonia's shot. Yeah, and that's another three. one of those where he has no business being able to block. Just no, 10 is out of the world. Watching it for me though, I was like. I was so happy watching it. Cause I saw it happen. I'm like, Oh, Matisse is going to block that. Yeah. And then he did. And I was like, there's not many people in the league that can do that. And right. I mean, he's another guy. I, I trust that Matisse will develop into someone serious, like a serious competitor and a serious, like actual piece in this league. I think that he's going to be a guy that you really need to hold on to. And I've said that before, but so like in a trade, I, I he's in my untouchable list like right now looking at this roster to me the untouchables are ben joel matisse i
0: don't know i mean i would love to keep matisse if it's a deal breaker and i'm also for me and beads 1000 off limits if the right offer comes for simmons i think you have to think about it because like I'm what also, what
1: like what though
0: like I don't. I don't know. I don't have. It's got to be a legit superstar. Like I'm like Devin Booker. Like, I would consider for Booker, but I don't know. I'm also at the point where I'm very much growing frustrated with. I don't see Simmons growing into the potential that he has.
1: Dude,
0: I think you gotta relax. He has no more excuses though. Think about. There's a global pandemic where he just won't work out with LeBron for a couple months. There's no crowd to boom if that's what gets in his head. He's been in the league for. Was it three? This is third season, right? Mm. He's had as many three pointers that I can count on one hand, and like, it's not his stroke that's whack. Like he know he can shoot the ball, he just refuses to. And like, I don't know. It's just like the lack of progress I've seen in his offensive game is so frustrating to me.
1: But you've seen lack of progress in his outside shooting. You've seen improvements in literally every other category. That's I mean, that's my thing with Ben. Like I, I understand the frustration with the threes, and trust me, I'm as frustrated as anyone. But I think there's, you know, a hill to be, like, overcame here. But he went from being a complete liability defensively to arguably the best perimeter defender in the league. He's been completing – or, I'm sorry, finishing at the rim at a higher percentage this year than than any time in his career. His turnover has gone down big time. Like – But dude, it frustrates
0: he, me, like, the as far as the defensive thing, you look at these, the first game that back in the bubble, yeah, it looked like yeah. he was back at LSU. Like it's the the flip the switch that like competitiveness the drive that he just
1: lacks that I see sometimes. But but you didn't see that all like almost all season. You maybe caught True. that a game every once in a while. Like that's why I'm questioning his health coming into this bubble. Which if he wasn't healthy, why the hell was he playing at all? Yeah. And is who's like it just seems like this is always the case with this team and this organization is like someone doesn't know something like at first it was reported that this was another like back injury and then it was reported as an ankle injury and then it was reported as a six to eight week recovery time and then it was reported that he's done for the season so like i don't know who's telling who what and who's missing the parts of it that they are supposed to or not supposed to miss but like it just seems dysfunctional from like the top down and i don't know how you fix that Is it a culture thing? Is it like, I know Ben seems as if he's kind of a, um, like a loner, I guess. Like he doesn't seem to do a lot with a lot of people. And I don't, I'd take that as you might, but like, I just, I don't, I don't know. I think this falls, I, I hold my frustration from the players because I really put all of the credit for these bad things happening from the top down. Had Embiid and Simmons been, gifted the right players rather than Al Horford and Josh Richardson, I think that this season would have gone a lot better. Hell, if they had Joe Harris instead of Josh Richardson, this team's a lot better. Like, it's, it's fit. It's timing and it's fit. We've seen all these teams over the last couple of years be teetering on the edge of good and bad or teetering on the edge of good and great. And all it takes is one piece that fits the, the mold of the offense or fits the mold of the starting five that changes everything. Yeah, I agree. But as far as like – so these
0: are the cards we have in our hand now for this season. Uh, What do you think going forward? For starting five, so they slid Horford in uh, right away for uh, the Simmons absence. What do you think of – I also would like exploring starting Matisse. And if we can put Matisse into more of like the role that they're kind of playing Richardson is to D up to play hard like that and then free Richardson up to have more free reign on offense, that's kind of what I see working best.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. I've, I've loved the idea of Matisse being in the starting lineup, especially now. You know, you tell him, go out there, give everything you have for as long as you're in. And, you know, there's really not that much pressure anymore. No one expects anything of us. And, and that's kind of the same thing that happened with the Eagles a couple of years ago. You put a guy out there and just said, you know what? Go for it. There's nothing yeah. to lose. And you tell Matisse, hey, listen, go for every steal that you can play defense as hard as you can, as you know how to do. And I mean, you're going to get, he gets dumb fouls. He does a lot and he gets in foul trouble when he plays a, a lot of minutes, which is, that's a rookie thing. You know, It's yeah. just being a young guy. And i miss on a reach every once in a while and over jump a pass. But yeah, again, there was a, um, there was a really impressive play by him tonight in this game against the Blazers. It was later in the game. I forget what happened. I think someone threw him a pass and it got, it, it, Long story short, it got tipped up in the air, and he hit it, like, five or six times. It was an offensive board, wasn't it? Offensive rebound. It ended up bouncing to Burks, who got a layup. But I was just sitting there in awe of, like, this guy has, like, everyone talks about Zion's second jump. You know how he's explosive Mm. off the second jump? Like, I was looking at Matisse being explosive explosive on his fourth, fifth, and sixth jump, and I was just amazed by it. And he's just – he's a kid that, like, I understand – like, if he's going to bring in if, – if it's the package to get Zach Levine in this, mm. uh, like, crazy hypothetical, if he's the, you know, the deal breaker on and off, maybe, dude. But, like, I just – I don't want to give up on him and by any means. Like, you look at Landry Shaman and how how good he's been for the Clippers, and right. he was the piece we gave up, the one the piece one too many, right? You can't keep giving up one too many. You got to keep, you know, take care deal. of the guys that are being drafted by you too. Yeah, yeah. But again, that
0: deal, and I love Landry, but that deal doesn't get done if we don't toss him in there. And I know like we had to make that; we wouldn't have Tobias if it wasn't for that. Who? Bubble Tobias has been worth the contract.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not totally. I like Tobias, and I think his leadership has been massive for this team. Agreed. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't. I don't necessarily dislike the idea of um, thinking about where that money could have been spent if it weren't on him this summer and you had to extend him to make that trade worthwhile yeah except we're looking even worse right now
0: as far as like like tobias is a consistent quiet 20 points 10 rebounds couple assists every game and yeah. he's like very much like our offense needs that because Embiid will get his simmons will get his and then there's kind of like a gap between like yeah who else sure. is going to step up so tobias fills that role a ton with that which i think is super valuable and, again, with the leadership, like, I think that's a lot what came with Al Horford's contract is they expected him to step up in these ways. And it just, like, I, I went back and watched the um, Celtics six-year series when uh, Embiid. And uh, I've been out of power for five days, so I've been watching, like, every YouTube video and stuff I can to stay busy. But yeah. it looks like Horford's aged about, like, 15 years in the past, like, three like he just doesn't have any of the same kind of jump and the same yeah. like when I go back and look like I see the value that he could have brought but it's kind of like like the door closed on that one and now we're kind of stuck with it. I
1: mean that happens dude he's old. Like yeah. he's been around for a long time and I, like it seems that he got old over the summer. Yeah. Or like over last summer. Because you know I could I got myself convinced that he was going to be worth it or I got myself convinced that he might be, you know, he might fix all the problems or some one of the major problems. And I think he still does. He He has played well too. Like recently. recently, Yeah. But like the, like the Embiid health, the Embiid minutes always needed a guy that could come in and be good behind him. Are you paying far too much money for him? Absolutely. Could you have gotten some production out of like Dwayne Dedman? Probably. I've said this before, I'll say it again, expensive cars have expensive insurance. Mm-hmm. You, you got to know Embiid, you know, like I said earlier, he's kind of a ticking time bomb. You're just waiting for something to happen with his body. And, you know, paying Al Horford is, you know, the luxury, you know, to your your Audi or whatever car you have, like your Rolls Royce. You're going to have to have that expensive insurance to make sure that car stays in better shape going forward. But I I don't know. Like, obviously, like I said earlier, I would much rather have a Brogdon or whoever it may be instead of Horford, but here we are, you know, so sometimes you kind of just have to take it and roll with it. And and I don't love the idea of shaking everything up again, Mm -hmm. but I would, I do like the idea of making one move that really like complements and kind of shifts the way that this offense looks. Yeah, it's also tough because they don't have a lot of
0: money now. They're pretty trapped with, like, moves they can actually do. They're going to have to hit on the draft and find – we talked a lot about Aaron Naismith, and the more, like, I think about it, like,
1: if we can move up and get him, I think that's a huge solution to all this. Or Sadiq Bey, dude. I've been watching a lot of Sadiq Bae film, and I think that he could be really valuable for them.
0: Yeah, the the draft is going to be huge because we don't have a lot of money, so it's going to be kind of a minimum deal so if we can score anything, veterans minimum, that kind of thing. Yeah, But uh, yeah, I don't know, uh, and I think Embiid's gonna needs to be uh, protected at all costs. Like when you talk about like a ticking time bomb, and like, like I get it, but it's also like there's nobody more valuable to the franchise than him. And like, no, when he's at his best, like there's n- n- you can't name anybody in the league that can guard him on a regular basis when he's no. playing to the ca- the level he's capable of.
1: So like, just having that is worth anything we have to do to protect him with that. But I I totally agree with that, and I think that you do have to pay like. I wouldn't be opposed to paying a guy $60 million to, you know, be his backup. I really don't. I wouldn't mind paying a guy that might be a starter somewhere to be his backup. I I don't mind that at all. Another point I wanted to bring up quick before we take a quick break. um, You know, Anthony Davis has had back-to-back single-digit games. He scored eight points on three of 14 shooting last night and a loss. I don't see any reports of Anthony Davis being, you know – unhappy or they should split up lebron and ad or you know tough break for like after sim when the game that simmons fouled out and had eight points bleacher report tough night for simmons six fouls you don't see any of that for anthony davis if it, god forbid and has, has been playing if and had been playing the last three games like Jokic and anthony davis have been playing the last three games mm-hmm. the espn would have crucified him by now he might honestly be out of the bubble and just back at home laying in his bed if they, if he had played the way, like he had 10 points at halftime or 11 points at halftime the other night. And they're all saying TNT, all the guys at halftime are saying, Oh, he doesn't want to be a superstar. He doesn't even care for this team. He ends up with 36 and a win, but Anthony Davis has eight points. and oh he's the best big in the league. It's the bias is unbelievable. And like, I like Anthony Davis. I do. I think he's really good. Guys have bad games, and I'm not yeah. saying you can't have a bad game. But Jokic did this in the middle of the regular season too, where he had a stretch of six games where his highest his highest points in those six games was 14. Could mm-hmm. you imagine if Embiid did that? The yeah. world would be burning down. It is
0: true. There's a whole lot of that, and you it's, see it especially with Simmons, like like all the just kind of like highlighting, like I, you bad. never see Simmons like highlighted for when he pops off and has like a major game. Yeah, And it's always, like, kind of the how he can't shoot, how he can't do that. So, I yeah. I mean, there are guys in that regard. So, I like get we're kind of a little shaded with that. But you definitely yeah. see it with, like, Anthony Davis especially. And also, it's super weird to see LeBron with a gray beard.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is weird, dude. Everything's <laughs> weird right now. Nothing makes sense. And it doesn't feel real. Like, I've had this um, idea of what sports were going to be like when they came back. Like, I was watching the Phil's today. and God, do they suck. But <laughs> – I was watching the Phillies and I'm, I literally was in the middle of the game and I was like, I had such a grand, like, beautiful idea of what this all this was going to look like when it came back. And here we are with the Sixers and, and the Phillies and the Flyers all playing their respective sport. And I was like, it just doesn't feel real, like, at all. Yeah. It feels like this season doesn't matter. And, like, it makes everything a little bit easier right now, but it also sucks because, like, I was super excited for this season. And, and with it, Simmons going down, it just doesn't feel real to me. I think it's going to feel even weirder
0: as we get down to, like, crunch time. Like, when you think about, like, playoffs, like, with the crowds and, like, the that intensity and that's yeah. just like not going to be there and they're still just playing in open gyms, I think that's going to be bizarre. It's going to be
1: so weird. Yeah. But, I mean, that's, that's where we are, man. Um, but we should – we went a little bit overboard here. I kind of – it was good, though. But um, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about um, – our thoughts about the sixers recently and then we're going to talk about our um starting five overrated team all right welcome back to the pick Swap podcast uh, we're gonna talk quick shake milton um i think we covered mostly everything else that we want to talk about um and then we're going to go right into our starting five overrated team um you know shake I, the expectations are mixed obviously right now a guy a young guy stepping in pl- starting for this team you know, a team with high expectations. Um, he was what? Ele- he had eleven points on. O- he was over for o of three from three. Um, obviously, the game winner against San Antonio, or and he had a decent game against the Wizards, right? He had what sixteen points against the Wizards. I believe um, so, yeah. uh, so. Not bad, right? Mm-hmm. Looking good. I mean, I don't expect much more than sixteen points from him. That's a gr- that's a really good game for him.
0: Yeah. he was- um, He kind of like, he was a guy more than anyone who just had a ton thrown his plate really quick. Yeah. So, like, that first blow up when we saw the first game, which he looked not good at all and had the foul trouble and everything, like, I kind of made me nervous with just like, not as much that I didn't have faith in him, but just like maybe too much too quick for him. So it was kind of, it was really good to see him bounce back and be able to like show, it showed a lot of mental toughness with that.
1: Yeah. It was really impressive to see him come back and like, Almost zero hesitation on that shot against San Antonio, and and not even. I mean, obviously that that play was supposed to go to Embiid. We all saw him basically triple covered, and
0: yeah,
1: you know, Horford gave it back to him, so that's confidence from um, Horford going to shake, and it was it was really nice to see. And obviously Embiid being the first one over to congratulate him on that um, was nice to see. And after their whatever they little the little thing that was blown up into. Yeah, I also I have absolutely no problem with that. Like no, and and I, you yeah. clearly see that Embiid and Shake didn't take it personally. It's basketball. Right. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, yeah, obviously high hopes for him going forward. I don't think that this like shortened season, this this bubble season, is um, like a real reflection of like completely what we'll see from him going forward. I think it's a good indication that he could be a starter and he could be a productive player. Um, I also don't mind us maybe seeking out a guy that can actually play like is a true point guard um, in free agency or in a trade or something that like we were talking about earlier. I wouldn't mind seeing that happen and, and maybe move him to the backup point guard role. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also don't mind seeing him, you know, being injected into that starting lineup for the long term. but we'll see how that goes. Um, I mean, there's not too much to say about him yet. I I've been not necessarily like super impressed, but definitely by no means disappointed in his play so far.
0: Yeah, I think he'll have some more thrown
1: in, which is crazy to think even more just because
0: it seems like his yeah. role keeps growing growing. But with Simmons out, like I think he's going to be counting on the score a little more than I think would have otherwise been expected.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think we'll see him um, in like the role he was in when he first had that good run later right. in that the season before it got cut off, obviously. Mm-hmm. So we can get right into our um, starting five overrated team. I've, I'm curious to see what yours is. I feel like we might overlap a little bit, okay. um, but uh, so we'll just go by position. I'll start at point guard. Um, my starting point guard for my overrated team is Kyrie Irving. Okay. I like that. Uh, yeah, I have no problem with that pick.
0: I'm going to go with uh, Terry Rogier for mine. Okay. I think uh, Terry, he had – I mean, the scary Terry series when he, like, lit us up was super frustrating, but I feel like that's been it. Like, he does his thing. He can score. He's not a bad player, but I don't think he's, like – a starting caliber. The
1: the no. no,
0: not worth the money, and like he hasn't really done much in Charlotte.
1: No, um, I can agree with that. I just think, I mean, Kyrie Irving. It's a team killer. Yeah, I, he doesn't sit right with me. Yeah, and I feel like the people that think he's really good like don't actually watch basketball. He's like, I think he's a, I mean, he's extremely talented. Like, he yeah. would be a very good. He's just skilled. Just like, he's oh, skilled. Oh, yeah, like, like a, skilled a one-on-one. In the NBA.
0: Yeah, like a one-on-one play to 21, he's up there with anybody. But as far as, like, a team basketball winning games, I don't think he brings to the table what he no. should.
1: No, no. Um, so my shooting guard is none other than Donovan Mitchell. Okay, I like that a lot too. Totally, you know, on brand for me.
0: <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Tyler Harrow. Okay. It's uh, – again, I, the reason I think he's overrated is not his fault, so I feel a little bit bad. But he just, like, he's such just, like, a, a guy, TikTok guy, like a <laughs> like a,
1: I don't know. Like, he's, like, a frat guy. He definitely yeah, is, yeah.
0: Like, a little, like, lame little, I don't know. And he just gets <laughs> so hyped up for, like, the, like, he's he's a good player. He can shoot a little bit. Like, and, I, again, I remember the, the three he hit in our face to tie the game with that. Like, he can ball, but he's not on the pedestal that I feel
1: like he's held on. Yeah, I can agree with that. I think Duncan Robinson's better than him, but agreed. Definitely agreed. Um Duncan Robinson, I like him. I I don't like many I don't you won't catch me saying that I like many guys on the heat, but I do like Duncan Robinson. I think his story is really cool and he's he's made a good career of himself and I think he'll last a while, but Yeah. I like right, Kendrick Nunn a little bit too. I I can get on board with that. I don't mind mm-hmm. him because he hasn't pissed me off yet. So <laughs> <laughs> um Right Right along that same note here, uh, my shooting or I'm sorry, small forward is Jimmy Butler. Okay. Of course, because also on uh, brand. <laughs> here, yes, very on brand. So here's my thing with Jimmy Butler, and I'm going to say this calmly. I'm going to keep it short, and then I'll just get right in. You can go ahead. I think Jimmy Butler is a good player. The reason he's overrated is by his own fault. He is the only guy in the league that will tell you how much he works out. And how hard he works, and he's the only guy in the league that says all he cares about is winning, yet never wins anything. Right. Ever in his career, he's mentioned it before. He said last year, "I haven't won. I didn't win in high school. I didn't win in junior college. I didn't win at, at Marquette, and I haven't won yet in my career." He said, "If I don't win, I'm just going to have to play in a 50 or 50 and up at YMCA and and win in that." And, and I'm like, he might. Yeah. (laughs) That's the thing. If all you cared about was winning, you'd shut up and win.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, For very different reasons, I'm going to go with Brandon Ingram. So, Ingram, yeah, I think this is kind of a hot take. He's shown a lot this year, and he's definitely, like, uh, looks way better with the Pelicans than he ever has for the Lakers. But, like, with the Pelicans, he'll score a nice, like, 25, 30 points a game on, like, 25 to 30 shots every night. Like, he just gets to shoot it as much as he wants and it's it's gotten less with Zion and all that but like in the beginning of the season especially like his like uh uh like it was off the charts the um what's the word I'm looking usage for usage percentage or yeah
1: usage percentage and uh, efficiency like his efficiency was terrible yeah i mean that's i mean that's my problem with like all these nba like trey young donovan mitchell like all these guys with gordon hayward when he was on the jazz like you give if you can give a decent player in the NBA the opportunity to take as many shots as they want in an NBA game they'll produce yeah like Trey young isn't good like he's not a good NBA player he's a good shooter and he's a volume shooter mm-hmm. but his team is still ass because he is incompetent defensively and on nights where he's not hot from three is a negative offensively as well so like f- to me he was up there with my Point guard decision with overrated because I don't like I wouldn't want him on my team like there's not many guys I say that about that are like good players or or like if you look at the All Star team there's not many guys I point down on that list that I'm like I really wouldn't want him on my team I genuinely did would not want Trey Young on my team.
0: Yeah, he gets all the Curry comparisons, but hasn't like earned it in the way that Curry has, is what I see. Like when you think about Curry's first couple years in the league. Like think about when it was a debate whether him or Monte Ellis would be built around for yeah, Golden yeah. State, and like to the point where Curry's grown to like a legit NBA superstar and like change the way the games played, and uh, Trey Young's very much a beneficiary of that. Like he just was. There's no the Trey Young
1: without Steph Curry.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Like he, they're gonna try and build around him with this like three point shooting,
1: be able to pull up from half court like style of play, but yeah. he hasn't like proven that he's ready for that. Yeah. But like that's the same thing like what you were saying with Brandon Ningham. You give a guy the opportunity yeah. to just shoot as many times as they want and and they'll produce. They will. They'll put up numbers, I mean. But like if it's on thirty shots and they're scoring twenty seven points, it's like that's not good. Mm-hmm. Um going right into that, Jason Tatum for me okay. is my power forward. It's hard for me. The power forward spot is a strange position. So I just kind of picked a small forward and doubled down on the small forwards, but Jason Tatum, another guy, the scoring phenom, you know, right. Scoring 23 points per game, scoring phenom. How can you stop him at 23 points per game? Um, Another guy that everyone will um, turn a blind eye to when he has a bad game, but then will not stop talking about him having, you know, a step back three on his 26th point of the game. Like, I don't know. There's guys to me, obviously the Celtics and the Heat don't sit well with me. Um, that's my bias coming through, and I'll, I'll own that. But he's just another guy, man, that the media picks certain guys and just loves them and then just hates other guys. And, I mean, the Sixers, Philadelphia is always you know, that way in the media. They don't necessarily take well to them. So the yeah. Celtics, never they'll never get a
0: good look from me. I agree with Tatum. The amount of, like, uh, tweets and posts of just how underrated he is is crazy. Like, you can't all be saying that. And the whole thing of, oh, he's only 20 or when yeah, he was, yeah. like, yeah, he's only 19. Yeah. Uh, for my power forward, I'm going to go Kyle Kuzma. Uh, a Fair. lot of the same, like, like I, I just don't think he's as good as basketball as he thinks he is. Like, he doesn't yeah. fit with what – and a lot of times you see him just, like, blowing off plays and kind of, like, <laughs> doing his own thing in the offense with just, like – you're not good enough for that. And, like, he's yeah. made a career out of, like, a like he wasn't looked at highly going into the draft. He's a late first-round pick. I, what was it, 27th pick? Something like that. I thought he was later
1: than that. I thought he was in, like, yeah. the 40s. Let me look it up. Keep going. Okay. But... but, uh,
0: yeah, like, he's not in any way, like, a uh, an extra piece with LeBron and AD. I don't see it. Like, the best, like, part of his game is coming off the bench, making a little bit of the noise and the impact. But he also just messes up like the flow of their offense by like taking shots. Like you see him waving off LeBron
1: and that kind of thing. Yeah. Which is nuts. <laughs> yeah, he was drafted twenty seventh, you were right. Okay. Um, I saw so I saw a really funny tweet the other day and it was like, um, nobody, and then they like they say nothing. It was like Kyle Kuzma, it's <laughs> Kyle Kuzma time. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, hey, you look if you've watched the Lakers games, like whenever they get in a rhythm, like, you know. like teams will get momentum going forward like it always seems to be him taking the three like to flip the momentum you know what i mean and like he'll hit it sometimes and then it's like oh that's a really nice shot and but then there's other times it's like wow he should not have been the one to take that three but yeah um, and he's
0: very much also into like i feel like he's more into the off the court fashion and that kind of stuff than he is actually hooping
1: yeah i can i agree with that kyle kuzma is like one of those weird guys that like I don't know. I've learned to not dislike Alex Caruso. Yeah. I started, to, I started to dislike him like in this season because he was averaging like five points per game and was like on Bleacher Report more than anyone other than LeBron and James Harden. So it was like right. really annoying. But watching him play, he actually is like a – he reminds me a lot of TJ. He's yeah. a little bit bigger and a little bit like less gritty. But you can tell he's had to do a lot to get – to the league so i i appreciate him yeah Um, i still don't think he deserves to be all over the internet all the time though
0: yeah my beef with him is if he just didn't have a bald spot like nobody would care as much as they yeah
1: yeah it's he's a he's like he's a meme which is funny and i get it but you know you could relax with it here and there you know what i mean yeah um my center is carl anthony towns he's another guy that i roll with in the same breath as trey young um if you were so good your team wouldn't be consistently so terrible um and you know the numbers he puts up he's the number one option he's gonna put up numbers um i also hate his mannerisms i i hate the way he runs i hate the way his arms flail around and the faces he makes like i don't know i've never been a fan of cat um rest in peace to his mom though that was really sad yeah um, but still not, not a big fan of of Carl Anthony Towns. I never really have been.
0: Yeah, uh, he goes right in line with Wiggins in that regard. Like, if him and Wiggins were actually that good, they would have won a couple games.
1: Like, They would have made the playoffs. Yeah. That's
0: all they had to do. Yeah. Uh, for my center, I'm going to go with Dwight Howard. Uh, Howard, he's kind of found himself with the Lakers with this yeah. new role, but he's like, I think there's just as many guys that could have been productive with that who don't yeah. have, like, the name Dwight Howard. And he's also just like, like I don't know. Like I, he was extremely, extremely dominant in the prime of his career, but then just like yeah. to use that to float through for a while was my beef with him.
1: Yeah, I can, I can see that. I, I like seeing him successful though. I like seeing that he can. Uh, he's got his feet back under him and he's playing decent basketball again. I do see like, but that's the Lakers effect and that's the, the right. Lebron effect. Like, do you think Jr. Smith would have a job? if it wasn't for LeBron James, like do you think J.R. Smith would be J.R. Smith if it wasn't for the fact that he played with LeBron in in those finals? Like, I think definitely not, but it's also a lot of guys that are like that though, like that have played with LeBron and then like carried that notoriety throughout their career. And I also think like
0: there's a strong argument that can be made that J.R. Smith is better on the Lakers than Avery Bradley would have been,
1: which yeah, they need shooting, dude. Like, yeah, it's the same thing. Like, you have two dominant players, you just need to give them space, and they'll go to work. Like Anthony Davis with space, and LeBron with space. Like, I mean, now looking at it with without like much Sixers bias, knowing that they probably won't go there, like I'm I'm pulling for the Lakers. I really am.
0: I think the Clippers are a much better team than the Lakers overall. They are
1: a much better overall team, but LeBron. So, I refuse to root for LeBron. I know, I know. That's the, one, that's the one, like, difference we have. Like, we're, like, and basically all the other takes were pretty, like, parallel. But our LeBron takes are so far away yeah. from each other, which is disappointing. I, but
0: <laughs> Yeah, I'll be all in on Kawhi if that series comes down to it.
1: That'll be amazing, dude. I hope that happens. That's I like, think it will. Now that I'm looking at it without, like, the idea that the Sixers might win it all, which I don't know how I got there anyway, but <laughs> –
0: they do it to um, us every
1: time. Every year. But um, I'm just hoping for, you know, a good stretch of playoff games. Like, I'm hoping for, you know, if the if the Trailblazers make it in, they're going to make some noise. Like, do looks very good. Nurkic looks very good. And Dame is Dame, obviously. Yeah. But, like, that whole one through eight there, dude, is not – there are no easy games in the West. And hmm. even the East, like, looking down all the way to the 60, to f- if Embiid's healthy – One through six is really solid. Mm -hmm. Like, could beat anyone on any given night. So it's it's exciting to be an NBA fan at this point. Yeah, definitely. Um, That being said, I think we can wrap it up here. We went a little bit, you know, longer than we might have anticipated, but um, we're gonna try to get back on schedule this week. We had obviously Sean, you had your uh, power outage, so that's out of our control. um, I'm sorry. yeah, no, no worries there, man. We're gonna get back to it on Wednesday. I've been posting YouTube videos, um, so if you guys want to go check that out on YouTube, follow us on Twitter. Um, we're gonna the Sixers play what Tuesday night? Mm-hmm. Who do they play? Uh,
0: I'm gonna look it up. I almost want to say, I forget actually. They play the Suns.
1: The Suns. I was gonna say I thought it was a West Coast team. Um, so they play Phoenix on Tuesday. So we'll get back to it on Wednesday, and uh, we'll hear from you guys soon.